Hey, you're listening to the PBC Pathways Podcast, a question and response podcast where Pastor Steve Rose and I discuss the sermon series that have recently wrapped up at PBC. In this episode, we discuss the story series, a series where we explored many well-known biblical stories and narratives, but took a deeper look at the profound truths we often overlook in them. Stories are such a meaningful part of our lives and how we connect with one another, and I think in the same way our stories help us connect with one another, the biblical narrative helps us connect with Jesus and our fellow believers. Okay, so we're here uh, doing the uh, the second podcast in the PVC Pathways podcast. Yes, we are. Series where we uh, we discuss uh, the previous sermon series in more detail. Yes. Talk about some of the background and what thought process went into it. Um. And uh, and this podcast, we're doing the story series. Yes. Um, Good series. Yeah. So before I get into any questions, are there any comments that you wanted to make about how that series went? <clears throat> you know, I feel like the series went well. Um, I heard, you know, some good feedback from folks um, that definitely talked about kind of receiving you know, information or um, highlighting something that had never been highlighted before, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think that was good. And that was kind of the the focus of the series was to cut through um, what sometimes are very basic and even sometimes very repetitive stories where we just sort of have a surface layer understanding of and then trying to get um, a little bit deeper on. So I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, we, we could have... I think we'd end up doing what, like three months worth. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it could have gone longer, but I think it was a it was a good. One. Maybe we'll re, re maybe we will um, revisit that format at some point in the future and pick up some other stories. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I just I remember when you uh, when you first brought up stories. I mean, I got I got really excited just because there's so many stories that are, you know, close to our hearts that we've grown up hearing, mm-hmm. and then to actually you know, get that glimpse of the biblical significance and then the way that those stories impact our lives. And I think, too, even though it looks very different in our culture today, you know, life is, life is just about stories, right? Like, you know, even though an Instagram post may only be, you know, a photo or maybe only be a 15-second video, that's somebody's story in that immediate context you know um and so people like stories stories help us connect they help us learn more about each other they help us to um figure out what people like and and what their interests are and things like that so i think that's a very basic sort of human way of communicating um and so it it is kind of a natural kind of natural thing to do okay um, so for a while, it seemed like every story you were preaching uh, on was uh, an Old Testament story. Yeah. Uh, and you told me you were having trouble moving into the New Testament. Uh, what made it so difficult to start using New Testament stories? So I think the Old Testament naturally sort of yields itself to <clears throat> being able to take stories of things that occur and sort of extract them from 
the surrounding parts of that of that particular book of the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. So like you can take the Exodus story about the golden calf and you can make that a centerpiece without really having to have all of the previous, you know, 18 chapters and all the next 12 chapters or whatever. I think in the New Testament, it's a little more difficult for that because, for example, like I think about the story in Acts 3 when um, they encountered the man in Solomon's portico and Peter says, silver and gold, I have none, but in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk, right? So that's a story, but to really understand that, you really need to kind of think through, okay, well, let's, we need to talk about how the Holy Spirit has come and given these men the same power that Jesus had. And then what power did Jesus have? Well, let's go back to the gospels. And so it, it I think it was a little tougher in the New Testament context to just extract something and let it stand on its own. Um, whereas I think Old Testament stories tend to, to be a little freer in that sense. Right. Okay. Um. So of all the stories that you preached on, which was your favorite? You know, actually, the first and the last stories were my favorites um, because I felt like they were the most um, <clears throat> culturally relevant or culturally important for our time right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that first one being the story of the golden calf and that making that connection that previously in Exodus before they're getting ready to leave Egypt, uh, God basically says, I'm going to orchestrate things to where you go to the Egyptians and they're going to give you all their gold and silver. Right. Right. And not having recognized that before, but having that thought of where did they get gold to make a golden calf? Right. They were slaves. They shouldn't have had any gold. I think that was an important story to tell because uh, we tend to think, and and I think rightly so, we tend to to think, particularly here in America, that we've been extremely blessed by God and and, um, that he's really, you know, orchestrated things that we might be prosperous. Mm -hmm. But that story shows how easily you can take what God has given you and make it into an idol. Yeah. And um, so I think that was an important story for our time because whether they're sometimes our freedoms or our self-perceived rights or um, just even sometimes maybe our historical perspective of things, we can make too much of that without being reminded that it's God who orchestrated all that. And then asking the question, why did he orchestrate that? Well, he orchestrated that for his glory, not for ours. Yeah. Um, so that was a favorite, and then ending with the story of the Good Samaritan, which was a New Testament story, um, because again, the on the surface level of that one, it's you know a priest and a Levite, and they should have known better, but the Samaritan was the one who acted right. On a, on underneath that surface level, digging deeper, is that realization that. Jesus intentionally uses the Samaritan because no Jew in his day would have thought the Samaritan even morally capable of doing that. And today, unfortunately, I think there are a lot of Christians who think that about a lot of different people or a lot of different groups of people that there's no way they would have the moral 
compass or the even the ability to make the right choice in a situation. Um, and so I think that was important for our day and time as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so was there a story that you really wanted to preach on, but it just never seemed to fit? Um, no, nothing that I can really think of. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely enough stories to do this again and then again and then again. Right. Right. Um, you know, like Daniel in the lion's den and, um, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and, um, you know, there's there's m- much that can still be drawn from those types of events, those types of stories in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that there was one that I wanted to do that I couldn't get to. Um, it was more so about just going through the ones that I'd sort of jotted down on paper and then beginning to eliminate, you know, well, I think this one fits better for right now than maybe this one does, you know, but that doesn't... that doesn't mean that six months from now or a year from now if we were to do the same kind of series now all of a sudden Daniel in the Lion's Den might be a perfect fit for our day and time um, so no I didn't really have anything I wanted to do that I didn't get to um, other than maybe as we talked about maybe doing you know more New Testament type material um, uh, but I, I think again that's that's a little more difficult because how do you extract you know something from First Corinthians without really trying to connect all of First Corinthians, so that story is understood in its in its right context. Right. Two, the the New Testament letters, you know, in, in the Gospels and in the Book of Acts, of course, you've got tons of stories. Mm-hmm. But really, you know, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, First Peter, Second Peter, those are really all more books of instruction than they are stories. Yeah. So it also becomes difficult to try to make it a story when it's really, you know, a book of this is how you should be, who you should be, how you should be teaching, what you should be teaching, that kind of thing. And so I think it's it's tough to make a, a story format out of the, out of a lot of the New Testament. Yeah. So uh, just throwing this out there, you're you're lucky that you didn't have one because I was totally going to put you on the spot. Oh no. Tell you to preach it in like two to three minutes. Oh but, no. You know. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, yeah. no, I did, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, so that was, it was a pretty big series. There was a lot there. And, um, I mean, as far as questions that I could think of that really stood out to me, that was, that was kind of it. But, um, are there any questions that you think, you know, anyone listening or watching or, you know, any of our congregation might have had that maybe didn't get asked. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't really receive much feedback in terms of people questioning deeper. Um, but I think there are certainly stories like I think about the Samson story, mm-hmm. right? And, and sort of the underlying, hey, this is what we don't normally talk about with Samson was that really his demise began way earlier than it even got to Delilah, right? Yeah. Like, like it's, it's always set up that Delilah is his downfall, but his downfall was, you know, quite a bit earlier. Um, and, and certainly I think there's some additional questions that could probably come out of that story. You know, 
Um, anytime God empowers somebody with the strength to pick up the jawbone of a donkey and slay as many men as he did, you know, that probably raises some questions about um, God's character and, and, and how do we view God in light of something like that. So I think there probably were some maybe side questions or, or perimeter questions that yeah. could have been addressed. Um, and, and maybe people had them and they just didn't ask them. But um, I, I feel like the connection that we were trying to make in each one of them got made. You know, and and, right. and didn't didn't leave too much room for wondering or uh, for trying to fill in their own gaps as to what we were trying to to get across with that story. Okay, cool. Um, before we move on and talk about the prayer changes, are there any other thoughts um, that you had? Anything else that you wanted to add about the stories? You series? know, I, I just I think I think it's important. Um, to always try to view, particularly again in the Old Testament, because it's it's more story driven. Mm-hmm. But to really try hard not to extract a story and make it stand on its own without considering it in you know what we would call the whole story or the grand meta narrative of God, right? And so yeah. each each story has a role to play in either teaching us something about God. Uh, something about um, his will, his kingdom, um, his plan, his hope for uh, for mankind. Like every story has something that can that can uh, that we can draw from in those aspects. Um, and I, I think sometimes the way we've treated stories in the past in the church, we haven't always done a good job at that. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of the stories, some of the stories we did and some of the stories we could have done have always been these kind of standalone stories. You know, well, here's the story of Jonah and then over here's the story of uh, David and Goliath and over here's, you know, and when we, when we do that, we're really doing the grand story of God a, a disservice because we're not taking time to see uh, what that teaches us about uh, him and his plan and how it's all sort of interconnected. So that's the only thing I would say is in, as people are in their own time uh, reading stories, studying stories, always be seeking to ask those kinds of questions. You know, what does David and Goliath teach me on a deeper level more so than just that God can empower a scrawny little shepherd boy to take down a giant, right? There's, yeah. there's, there's more to that. Um, and, and so to ask those kind of questions, seek those kinds of uh, discussions, you know, with other brothers and sisters in Christ and, and not just settle for kind of that surface level, um, you know, children's Sunday school kind of meeting, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, of course, there's always that, uh, just the knowledge that everything from Genesis to Revelation, every story points us ultimately to Jesus and, yeah. and, and always looking for that, you know, and how each of those stories relates, you know, brings us to Jesus. I think that's, that's good. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, moving on to prayer changes us. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty cool little short series. It was. Um, and I mean, I think you definitely, uh, preached on an idea that goes beyond the norm of what prayer is because a lot of times when we come to prayer we're 
were looking for God to change this situation mm-hmm. or to work this situation or to do this or that. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I think you, you're right that so many times we overlook the heart change that we need in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was going into the series, uh, what were some of your, your main thoughts and, and what led you Well, you know, I, that? I think, as human beings, we typically always default to whatever the situation is. Um, it's somebody else that has the problem or has the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else that needs to be fixed. Um, and I, I think a lot about the way, um, like mar- like marital counseling, for example, right? Um, certainly, when I when I counsel. Um, couples who are are going through marital issues we talk a lot about okay well he does this and it makes me angry well she doesn't do this and it makes me angry and we talk a lot about those things but the 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 focal point of that counseling always sort of comes back to but what can you do to change you yeah right like I, I can I can have concerns about my wife. She can have concerns about me. We can have things we don't like, but ultimately neither one of us can control the other person, but we can control our responses, our actions, so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. I, I think in prayer was a very similar sort of mindset for that series was to think about the fact that, um, yes, we often ask God to change another person, to change another situation. And I do think God's in that business, Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, I, I hope through the series I didn't project that he's not about those things. But ultimately, in those situations, the the one thing that I know I can ask God to do that I have any real say in is how do I change me? Right. Right. And so if if I'm at odds with a brother or sister in Christ and I'm asking God to help them change their heart that's that's a right and proper thing to to ask but not before i ask god to change my heart and maybe the way that i see them or think about them or whatever else because he might be doing that work in their life but i can't make them go there yeah i can only control myself in the way that he challenges me so I think a lot of it was just birthed out of that sort of, it's a very natural human position to want to say everybody else, everything else around me change. I don't need to. Um, and that always leads to problems. Yeah. You know? Um, so that was kind of the basis of, of looking at these teachings about prayer and being able to see, Oh, they exist to change me no matter whether God does anything or not, no matter whether the other person responds to what God's doing, that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It exists to change me. And so that was kind of the the foundation or the, the thought process for that. Okay, gotcha. Um, so is there anything uh, that you wanted to uh, to preach on during that series that maybe you didn't get a chance to or ran out of time um no i had i had pretty much decided on three specific well really four if you count the lord's supper sunday but specific passages that i i felt like let lent themselves to 
that type of understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there weren't really any prayer passages that I thought I missed or, um, you know, anything like that. I, I really felt like they were, they were the strongest ones. Um, and again, things that maybe we don't often talk about or really practice in yeah. the church today. You know, like that first one is when you stand praying, if you have somebody against something against somebody else, you know, go, go issue forgiveness. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever witnessed anybody in the church from the time I was, you know, a, a kid going to church through 22 years of ministry, you know, get up and, and walk out of a church service and, you know, ask them later, why'd you leave? Oh, I had to go make up with somebody. Right. Right. But like, that's literally what Jesus says. Like, yeah, don't, don't, don't go a step further in what you're doing. If you recognize this. Yeah. And so I, I think, that's one of those things that, you know, is is definitively a command of Jesus, mm-hmm. but just isn't practiced. And we, we've got to become better. We like to say things, um, particularly Southern Baptists, we like to say things like we're people of the Bible, you know, and we believe in a literal translation and interpretation of the Bible, right? Well, if we believe that, then we've got to start taking things like that to heart, right? Yeah. And don't, you know, don't just sit through Sunday morning service if you know this situation's going on, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so so I, I hope I hope choosing those deliberate passages was able to maybe sort of put that in, in people's mind, you know, that just going through the motions and just doing the religious thing is not what Jesus is asking us to do, particularly in prayer, you know? Yeah. Um, there, there's times that prayer really calls upon us to do something more so than calling upon somebody else to do something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, before we, uh, I guess, segue into a preview of the series we're on now, mm-hmm. um, were there any other final thoughts that you wanted to, to mention? Uh, anything to sum up? the prayer changes changes us series you know i i just think and and again it kind of you know a lot of this just stems from what we've been taught about prayer right mm. i had an amazing set of parents and and both loving and fearing god and active in church and but i i really don't think my parents ever taught me about prayer as something that I was supposed to do or I was supposed to really ask God to do something in me and then then even sort of wait and be silent and see if he speaks to that, right? Um, I don't really ever remember receiving that kind of instruction in church. Yeah. You know, prayer was taught, right? Uh, we were told prayer was important, but that piece of prayer I don't really ever remember getting so I I think part of that little mini series is acknowledging that there should be and maybe it's not every day but there should be a couple three times in our week where we're in our prayer closet or wherever we are you know that we really begin by saying okay God check me out Mm -hmm. you know um, I'm getting ready to pray to you about this person or about this situation or about what, but before I do that, deal with me. 
um, which is what David writes in the psalm, right? You know, yeah. Check my heart, see if there's any iniquity in it, you know. And um, so I, I think that's maybe some sometimes a, a piece that we miss in prayer that we really need to um, reclaim the importance of yeah. in, in our walk. Um, because then we can realize, well, maybe it's not all about the other person, or maybe it's not all about the situation or the circumstances that is around me. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something that I can do through God's power, instruction, wisdom that can help kind of speed things along. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I mean, it just seems like the prayer changes us series is kind of a, that was really a good way to segue into the, mm-hmm. the current series. Yeah. The, uh, the one another another and, yep. uh, how we respond scripturally to how we should deal with other people. Yeah. Right. So, um, you just want to give us just a, a little summary of I mean I know we're already you know a few weeks in but we still have a little ways to go is there anything you want to do to kind of I think you know one thing we've got to be aware of when we study the Bible is repetition Mm -hmm. right if something is repetitive throughout the scriptures like all scripture is important but if something's repetitive throughout the scriptures that's really important you know um, through John's gospel, Jesus has this little statement sometimes that he makes where he says, truly, truly, I say to you, right? And I, I think it's maybe you know eight or 10 times in John's gospel. But like I learned that whenever I see truly, truly, I better pay attention, yeah, right? Because that's it's Jesus going, come on, get this. Um, so with that being said, that, that phrase that is translated sometimes one another, sometimes translated other or others um, appears, you know, depending on the English translation, anywhere from like 50 to 60 times in the New Testament. Yeah. That's a big deal. Right. You know, um, we haven't got to love one another yet, um, but love one another between the Gospels and the New Testament letters um, is, I think, repeated like 17 times. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. So um, it's it, it's just it, it's a series where again I think it's it calls for us to to sit up and take notice mm-hmm. and to be reminded that God takes the unity and the fellowship of His church seriously. Um, for you know, for years, Christianity has railed. Um, you know, on issues like divorce, right? Well, God hates divorce, you know, but I don't know that I've ever heard a pastor preach a series on God hates church splits, right? Well, right. well what is a church split but a divorce, Yeah. right? And, and there's there's lots of things that go into a divorce. There's lots of things that go into a church split. Like I'm not a, issuing a blanket statement on either one of those things, but just to say, just to compare the two, right? Like there's one that we're really quick to kind of call people out on, and there's another that we just kind of go, oh, well, yeah, people get mad. They leave the church. They, you know, what if, that's just the way it is. What it, It's not supposed to be that way. Yeah. Right? We're, right? we're supposed to do all these one another's, which includes encouraging and bearing with one another and forgiving one another and serving one another and lo- in order 
to for that not to happen and then the other piece of that being but that doesn't mean we all have to look alike or talk alike or sound alike Mm -hmm. right like you and i you know in in our third thursday theology um this this month and then in october we're looking at end times and there are four legitimate understandings of how jesus is coming back when he's coming back is there a rapture is there not and all four of them have biblical support right so you and i as brothers in christ can be on completely different ends of that but yet practice the one another's and be unified in christ absolutely and it's just a really important piece for the church because we we don't practice that we we don't we don't talk to one another we don't take time to um sit across from a brother or sister in christ who has a differing opinion on something and try to find out where they're coming from you know um we just either get mad and somebody leaves or we get mad and we stay and we make life difficult and that, that just shouldn't be right it shouldn't be and and you know a lot of that's you can point a lot of that towards spiritual maturity issues you can point a lot of that again to what has been taught in generations past um mm-hmm. has has it been something that that was stressed and and i, I tend to think that it probably wasn't um so it, it's just a, it's just a really important series, and again, when when something is repetitive, like it makes me sit up and take notice. And okay, this this is important, you know. Yeah. Not not that not that when Paul says one thing one time, that's not important. But when he uses this phrase sixteen times, that's important, yeah. you know. So that was kind of the basis for it, and. And yeah, I can definitely see where the the prayer changes us in this series, and then really, you know, we're we're just a couple months out from Advent, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, our Advent series is going to be called Christmas Presents, but it's not P R E S E N T S; it's P R E S C E N S E. Is that right? Presents. So it's the Maybe. it's <laughs> it's the it's the it's the presence that you have with someone, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about hope, love, joy, peace, and then being Christ-like and being present with people. Okay. Yeah. So all of three of these series are really kind of very intertwined. You know mm-hmm. how how can prayer change me? How can I then increase my love for one another, my forgiveness, my my bearing with, my caring for one another? And then segueing that into both within the church and outside the church, mm-hmm. how can I be present? Uh, how, how can I be a presence of hope, a presence of love, a presence of joy, a presence of peace, uh, a presence of Christ, uh, you know, of, of, of his life within me for people um, and, and, and realizing that that's more important than any P-R-E-S-E-N-T Mm-hmm. that we can wrap and put a bow on and, and put underneath the tree. Um, so, yeah, they, they definitely have have intertwining thoughts throughout all of them. Thanks for listening to the PBC Pathways podcast about the story series. Our next episode on the One Another series and Advent will release around the beginning of next year. 
We would love to include your questions and comments, so please send them to us in an email to info at pbcfrankfurt.org.